0: Recording Mashiach now, Matsmiak Keren Yeshua, Bingeravi Amenu. May it be so that we see the imminent arrival of our King and may the exile be brought to an end. Bezrat Hashem. So, this is the 21st day of the 22 days corresponding to Shabbat Chazon. Well, we are almost here. So as of Havdala, we will begin the fast. It is a full 24-hour fast. Man. So may everyone be blessed to have an easy fast, a meaningful fast, and a very intense fast as far as bringing down the Mashiach and actualizing the spark of Mashiach within our very being. You know, for everything that we will experience in the keynote and, and the different prayer services, the added prayer that we will be doing, uh, may everything be brought as an overflow of an actualization of the final Geula, the final redemption. It's been a beautiful three weeks uh, as far as understanding the struggles and the challenges that we've been faced with and that, uh, we're currently being faced with and everything that is going on in the world currently. And I just want to share a beautiful statement by one of our Avengers, whose name is Banel I've dubbed him that, uh, character name, which is interesting. Cause it's Ben L son of God. And, um, He's our nightcrawler character. We have another nightcrawler. So Sir Lachaim and Bonel. But anyway, I was talking to him about this three week period that in the gravitational pull that we see with the sun, that it has such a gravitational pull that everything is being within the orbit around it. So has been this three weeks. And this is brought down by Rabbi Trugman who is also sourcing this out as well, uh, that these three weeks have been like a a time uh, force of gravitational pull for tragedy with our people. And I always like to point out that we were the ones that started this because as it says in our Torah portion uh, this week, that we were the ones who sent spies. And then when the spies came back, we were the ones that listened to them. And it's interesting that we listen to them during the month of Av because that is the sense of the month. The hush is what it's called. So last month was seeing, which was Tammuz, all about the eyes. What are our eyes fixed on? Now it's all about what are we listening to? And I always like to point out this passage from the letter to the Romans. So Egeret Rome, chapter 10. And... This comes on the the heel end of the most popular verse that talks about uh, confessing and believing. And that's Romans 10, 9. So if we keep it going in verse 10, so it Garrett's Rome, verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 10, for with the heart is believed for righteousness and with the mouth it is confessed for salvation for scripture says whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between jew and greek and the same hashem is hashem of all richly generous to all who call upon him which by the way is telling 145 hashem answers all who call upon him in truth you know when you think about no distinction because there's obviously different people groups and things like that and there's obviously jews and non-jews there's people who are in covenant and there are people who are not in covenant but when it comes to calling upon the name of hashem that's open for everyone so is the covenant by the way it's open for everyone but there are some people who just don't choose it right so verse 13 says for everyone who calls upon the name of hashem shall be saved Verse 14, here's our key verse. How then shall they call on the one whom they have not trusted? And how shall they trust in the one they have not heard of? And how shall they hear without someone proclaiming? And how shall they pay? How shall they proclaim unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news of good things. So, when you look at Garrett's Rome, chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, this directly connects us to the month of Av because the spies were actually supposed to be people who scouted out the land for how we were going to take the land. But it turned into we can't take the land and here are all the reasons why the people come back and then they began to lament and cry, hence why we have Eka the book that we will be reading, Lamentations, the scroll that one of the kings wanted to burn because it was just like, I don't want to hear this. And it's interesting because we have to hear this. We have to hear the hard things. But we're supposed to be proclaiming good things during this time. And that's been one of my hopes during these past 21 days of Mashiach now, and uh, just citing source after source, is that you know, let's proclaim some good tidings. Let's proclaim the revitalization of Yisrael, the new Jerusalem, and the third Beit HaMikdash. And furthermore, dwelling on these things and figuring out how we can bring them about in our lifetime. The sages say that any generation at the temple is not built is as if that generation destroyed it. And it was also brought up this week in the teachings of Rabbi Trugman that we're basically no better than the generation in which the temple was destroyed, which that was like a dagger to the chest. Because you think about what was going on during the destruction of the second temple and how how uh, fractionated people were, how much dissension there was within the Jewish nation itself, much less the whole entire world. Hence why baseless love is totally a thing that needs to happen. Hence why avengers are totally a thing that needs to continue. You know, having the common cause unified in our speech and in our thoughts and in our hearts, you know, and actual, again, actualizing the spark of Mashiach that is within us. Like we all have a spark of Mashiach within us. And if we're all... Operating from that place, that's what builds the temple. Namely, being people who are disciples of Aharon, making peace between men and women and children. So, matter of fact, within all creation. So we need to have this message of the good tidings of the Geula and how to bring that about in our lifetime. So the, the grand source of the temple being rebuilt in the month of Av, Pesikta Rav Kahana 13, to whom the word of Adonai came until the end of 11 years of Zid, Zidkiyahu Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Yehuda, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month, That is from Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Rabbi Avon said, the lion, which is Ari, came up during the constellation of the lion and destroyed Ariel. The lion came up refers to Nebuchadnezzar, the wicked. As it is written, a lion has come up from his thicket, Jeremiah 4, 7 in the constellation of the lion until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month, Jeremiah 1.3, and destroyed Ariel. woe Ariel, Ariel, the city wherein David encamped, Isaiah 29.1. This happened in order that the lion would come up in the, li- in the constellation of the lion and rebuild Ariel. The lion would come, refers to the holy one, as it is written, a lion has roared; who will not fear? Amos 3.8. eight. In the constellation of the lion, and I will turn their mourning into joy. Jeremiah thirty one twelve. And rebuild Ariel. The Lord is the builder of Jerusalem. He will gather the outcasts of Israel. Talim. Psalms one forty seven verse two. Then I'd like to connect that with Talim 133, where it talks about behold, how good and pleasant it is. And in verse 2 says, it will be like good oil anointed upon us. So it says, one who lives life through the eyes of the body and ego can never achieve true love for another, since on the bodily level. We are divided only by living life through the eyes of the soul, hence the eyes of Mashiach, the spark of Mashiach that's within us, which is the fifth level of soul. It is way up there. You really have to get beyond physicality to do this. Get to a place where there is no Greek, no Jew, no male, no female, no slave, no free. That's the level of Mashiach that is within us, where there is no distinction. There's only the essence of those who have been brought into this world and they have the spirit of Hashem within them because every human that has been created has the spirit and the breath of Hashem within them. It says, only by living life through the eyes of the soul can we truly unite as one. This is why Hillel considered loving one's fellow to be all of the Torah since the function of all mitzvot is number one, To raise the soul above the body. Number two. To draw God's light into the collective soul of the Jewish people. Which cannot occur when there is division among us. Then to go on down. Literally the verse reads. When brothers dwell also or even together. According to Zohar volume 3. 7b. The verse suggests two dimensions of unity. Brothers dwell. Refers to the unity of God and Knesset Yisrael, which are the two cherubim on top of the ark that were hugging, by the way, when the temple was destroyed. And it says the collective essence of the Jewish people is called Knesset Yisrael as it exists in the supernal realms. Also, together means that this unity extends to the Jewish people even as they exist on the earthly plane. The Zohar's interpretation provides the meditation, or yes, the meditation for us to actualize the verse as interpreted by Matsudo. By remaining cognizant of the bond between God and the Jewish people, we increase unity within the Jewish people itself. This unity also contains two dimensions. Brothers dwell, referring to basic unity, also together, referring to a deeper, more profound unity. See Sefer Hama Melukat, volume 4, page 251. Connect that with Telim 122, verse 3, that says, Like the city to which they gathered together. Because as we get the third Beit HaMikdash, Yerushalayim will be rebuilt as well. So you'll have a rebuilding of Yerushalayim, a rebuilding of the temple, a rebuilding of the altar, and a rebuilding of our human bodies because of the Tekiyah Tamitim, the resurrection. So as this is all going on, it says, God said, I shall not enter the earthly Jerusalem until I enter the heavenly Jerusalem. But is there in fact a heavenly Jerusalem? Yes, as it is written, Jerusalem on earth, will built like the city that is its parallel, the heavenly Jerusalem, Ta'anit 5a, and Rashi as well. It says, Jerusalem is the city that turned all of Yisrael into Chavarim. So the city of brotherly love that comes from its source being in Jerusalem so the city of brotherly love is not a, a novel and new thing that only applies to a place here in the United States but it's actually what Jerusalem is and this is from the Jerusalem Talmud Hagiga 3.6 Yerushalayim is made up of two words which together mean complete vision gireh and shalem Or complete awe, Yerah Shalem. Seeing the holiness of Jerusalem in the temple would inspire its visitors with the highest form of awe of the divine. This is why it's going to be important to understand when the nations are coming up to Jerusalem and bringing gifts with them to the temple. Some of those gifts that they're bringing, by the way, will be the exiles. So if anyone needs a ride to make Aliyah home, you know, Find your local non-Jew and uh, get ready to make Aliyah. Then it goes on to say, when we experience this level of awe before God, we transcend our egos and any feelings of superiority over another. I was telling my son two things. I said, number one, we don't look down upon people. And number two, we don't put people on pedestals. So he's eight months old. (laughs) And uh, as I was talking to him, I was like, man, I need to remember this for myself. And Bezrat Hashem, that is definitely something I will be fostering. So Jews of all types, those of heavenly Jerusalem engaged strictly in spiritual matters, as well as those of earthly Jerusalem are united as one. And this is the Rebbe. Again, this is reading from Tehillim, Psalm
1: 122, verse 3, City of Brotherly Love. So, here's the footnote. It says, the word for gathered, which is Shehubra,
0: contains the root for the word haver, which means friend, but also referred to as Torah scholar. Generally, not all Jews were trusted in matters of ritual purity and terumah, gifts to the priest. Listen, generally, not all Jews were trusted in matters of ritual purity and terumah. So you ever wonder, like, why is it written? You know, don't don't ask your people who invite you over to their home, especially if they're Jewish people and they're in covenant. And they, keep the shabbat and stuff like is this kosher right well there's a there was a general understanding that uh not everyone was trusted in matters of ritual purity and things of that nature because when you try to go to the temple if you've been around someone who has contracted impurity then that also made you impure and you would not be able to go to the temple for that day so with that being said here's the next statement However, during the three pilgrimage festivals when all of Israel gathered in Jerusalem, all were trusted as if they were Torah scholars. Jerusalem Talmud, Hagiga 36. This obviously fostered a feeling of friendship among the people. Homiletically, the Talmudic statement is interpreted as the city that turned all of Israel into friends. Here's another beautiful
1: statement from, I believe, uh, the prophet Jeremiah. And let's see here. Getting the verse. Yep, it is from Jeremiah 31, 22. Um, let's see here. Have to read a little bit.
0: Yep, here it is. Actually, it's in verse 21, going into verse 22. It says, "Set up the road marks, establish the signposts, keep the highway in mind, the road that you travel." Return, O daughters of Israel, return to these cities of yours. How long will you wonder, O faithless daughter? So here's something interesting. When it says return, daughters of Yisrael, it uses shuvi betulat, which is the word for young maiden, a.k.a. a virgin or an alma, coming from the root of betul, which
1: means nullified. So there's an understanding that during
0: the pilgrimage festivals that we become like young maidens, purified virgins as we're ascending to be unified with Hashem. That's something that I wanted to bring up because we have to be in a place of nullification and purity and uh, brotherly love and fellowship. And this is another thing that quickens the final redemption, something that is super important for us to take to
1: heart and to mind. So from Torah of Springs, it says, Moshe Rabbeinu says in
0: this week's Parsha, Devarim 315, to the family of Makir. I give him the Gilead or the Gilad. We will explain this Pasuk with two approaches. Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzim told his Hasidim that they shouldn't study the Arizal's Sefarim before they merit Gilui Eliyahu, before they merit the Geula of Eliyahu, the redemption the good tidings, if you will. Years later, people saw the Ruzner Rebbe's grandson, the Hus, Husiener Rebbe, studying the Arizal Seferim. People were saying, apparently he saw Eliyahu Hanabi because his grandfather said one has to see Eliyahu before, year, before learning the Seferim. The Husiener Rebbe said or told them that he didn't see Eliyahu Anavi. He explained, my grandfather was speaking for his generation. At that time, one had to see Eliyahu before studying the Arizal Seferim. Today, anyone who believes that Hashem rules over everything that happens, he is worthy of learning Kabbalah. So then I want to go down to
1: the understanding of Sefer Devarim. I think I'm going to go up to that section. The Yid HaKadosh of Peshika studied
0: Humash Devarim every day of the year. And he advised his Hasidim to do the same. Is it any wonder that Mashiach Yeshua, our rabbi, quoted Sefer Devarim for like just about everything? And then it says, and he advised his Hasidim to do the same. He said, there isn't a better Musar Sefer. This is from the Shem Mishmuel Devarim. And pre Zadik devouring. Belashon Zakut, the Satmer Rebbe, said in the summer, people travel to their summer homes, and it is difficult to carry along many Musar seferim But they take along a Humash devouring, and it, or Sika, and that is sufficient because Humash devarim is the best Musar Sefer. Also, the Shla, Ved Khanan writes, "Why do we have to? Why do we have to seek Musar Seferim? The entire Mishnah Torah, which is Sefer Devaring, is filled with Musar. It is the Musar that Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael before his Patira. The Kotzker also taught the benefits of studying Humash Devarim. He based his lesson on the Gemara, Yevamot 4. The Kotzker said this means to be close to Hashem, which is Semukim. The Gemara is hinting that even Reb Yehuda, which means a Reb Yid, is a simple Jew who isn't close to Hashem. Hashem, throughout the year, he can become Semukim, which is close to Hashem, when we read Sefer Devarim. The Humash also has the Tokakah, the blessings and the curses in it. And sephis Emes said, one should take the Tokakah and bring it tok tok, which is deep into his heart. So the whole thing about Sefer Devari is number one, it's Musar. Number two, it is something
1: that draws us close to Hashem. So as we are entering into Shabbat Chazon,
0: and as we're preparing to enter into Tisha B'av, may brotherly love be a thing. May Musar be our life and our existence. May the word of Hashem be richly ingrained in us to carry us beyond our bodies and physicality into the spiritual realms and be able to unify those so that we can actualize the third temple, the new Jerusalem, and the final Geulah Shalema, the complete Geulah,
1: speedily in our days, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai.